Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. I am your host, Crystal, and today is a very, I'm trying not to say interesting because I, I literally do say that for every episode, but it is actually quite interesting. Um, it's been a personal grievance of mine that I am now bringing to you all. Um, I'm sure that we've all gotten very frustrated or very angry about this thing and you know let's have an open discussion about it and maybe we can get it fixed or something hopefully but the topic for today is Netflix actually specifically Netflix canceling their shows very prematurely it is literally one of the things that drives me up the wall and I've recently gotten back into watching Netflix again and I felt that pain and that heartbreak all over again when I finished the show and five minutes later they were like yeah yeah this just got canceled after season one and I was like oh okay moving on you know it's part of what kind of drove me away from Netflix because I would you know get really hyped on these Netflix originals that are coming out and I would binge watch the entire first season and literally a month two months later they'd be like there's no season two like that that's just it you're like like deal with it and I absolutely hate that but I'm getting ahead of myself but yes that is the topic of today's episode I have a lot to talk about so definitely get comfortable because this will be a long one so first I want to start off with a little bit of background on Netflix I did you know a little bit of research for this episode so a little background on Netflix and Netflix originals in particular because I thought that Netflix originals were like super super recent I thought like the past two years but it's been more like, quick maths, eight? Wait a minute. Eight. Yeah, eight years. Okay, that was good. That was good. So off bat, we all know that Netflix is easily the biggest streaming platform on the planet. Here's a little numbers. A little. Uh, sorry, guys, having a bit of a brain fart today. Here are some numbers for you to really lock that fact in. Netflix has over 200 million subscribers. 200 million. That's like a country full of people. 200 million subscribers. And I think that's a really interesting thing to think about because Netflix isn't free. And I know that when Netflix first started, it was like $7.99. I know that's how I marketed it to my mom to get her to pay for it. And then like two years later, it went up to like $14.99. I think that's the price it is now. I mean, I don't pay for it, so I don't know. But I'm pretty sure it's like $14.99. So you have to like think about... First of all, people don't like paying for things. So I think it's really interesting that Netflix has just been so good at what they do, I guess, that they were able to get 200 million people to shell out $14 every single month. I think that's pretty interesting. Good marketing on their point, I guess. And on Netflix, there are over 15,000 titles. I'll tell you right now, I haven't seen more than like maybe like 50 to 100. I, I used to be a like an active um, Netflix watcher and I used to always be binge watching a show but I don't watch anything anymore so yeah I don't I don't think I'll ever see all 15,000 especially because that's it differs by country but yeah I've barely even ticked off like one percent of that so yeah 15,000 titles is a little crazy to think about as for Netflix originals as I was saying before they actually started in 2013 with the first Netflix original being House of Cards. We all know how that ended, but that's very interesting. I've also never seen it, but yeah, I know that show was also really popular. Didn't realize that was the first Netflix original. That's pretty cool, though. Um, 
Yes, and then since 2013 with House of Cards, they've created over 1,500 original titles. I honestly thought there was max 50 Netflix originals. I was very surprised to find that it was 1,500. And they keep releasing them so frequently, both movies and TV shows. So that's like absolutely insane to think about. I mean, I guess my $15 a month is going to the right thing because they obviously have cash to burn to have 1,500 original titles in their in their library and then continuously be adding so many more so frequently, which is actually something that kind of hurts Netflix, but we'll talk about that later. But as for these original titles, some of these include like the big hits like Bridgerton, uh, Stranger Things, BoJack Horseman, and The Umbrella Academy. Let's take a moment to think about that last one, The Umbrella Academy. That is top tier television. That's all I'm going to say. So now on to the problem. The whole kind of point of this episode is that in recent years, Netflix has started getting a lot of flack from me in particular, but from definitely other people. And when I was doing research for this topic, there was several articles about it. Like everybody knows it's a problem. I think it's very interesting that Netflix just was like, I, I don't care. But the problem being their premature cancellation of their original shows that they seemingly don't consider popular enough or they just don't care about the fact that people are now emotionally attached to these TV shows and you really wrote people in. And then what makes it even worse is it's not even like they kind of complete the storyline within the one season. And then maybe the second season would have been something completely different, but now we'll never know. It's that they start the show, they don't solve the problem and then they cancel the show. And it's then you sit there and you're like, the story is incomplete. You love the show. You might love the actors. And now you're just kind of stuck never knowing how it was going to end. I think that's the worst part, not knowing how it's going to end, which is ridiculous. And, you know, I feel like part of where the problem comes from is that the overnight success of shows like Stranger Things and Bridgerton have kind of warped their ideas of what success looks like. And it appears, you know, to me and to Netflix that if a show doesn't hit the top 10 five seconds after it's released it suddenly isn't worth their time or money anymore and it's a very strange thing because these amazing shows are being canceled after one season and a lot of the time it's one amazing season they aren't given the chance to continue to grow and develop and build their audience and I think that's an an insane thing it's a tv show like it's it's normal that the viewership would increase as there's more seasons but Netflix just says I need to see what it does out the gate and if it isn't the next Stranger Things I don't really care which is kind of stupid because imagine if Stranger Things and Bridgerton weren't the overnight successes that they were and they didn't get their kind of big break if you will until like their third season if you had canceled them at season one like Netflix has done with so many great shows You're missing out on what could have been the next big thing, you know? And it's really, really annoying. Frustrating. And, you know, just on that point, some of the greatest shows on and off Netflix took their time to grow their fan bases. This is something I didn't know, found it in my research, was that Game of Thrones and Schitt's Creek were not overnight successes. I kind of knew about Schitt's Creek because I watched it recently. And it was a show that got more popular in its later seasons and then Game of Thrones was also when it first came out, it was considered a huge expensive risk. It was super expensive to film just the pilot, let alone the whole first season. And they were kind of like, let's see where this goes. And as the show released more seasons, 
and grew, so did its audience. And it's kind of become this cult favorite, if you will, on television. But imagine, and it was interesting because in an insider article I was reading, it mentioned like if Game of Thrones, for example, were a Netflix show, it's very likely it would have been canceled after the first season and would never have gotten to the degree of success that it had being on whatever network it aired on. It was HBO, I think. So that's very interesting. Like Netflix is really shooting themselves in the foot. You know, it's like if you're, because I really do think they're trying to recreate the um, success of Stranger Things because obviously who wouldn't, you know, I can't blame them for that. If you're really able to hit the jackpot once, why not try to do it again? That was your show. But it's like they're not giving anything the time to potentially get to that point, you know? It's it's a bit ridiculous. It's it's kind of stupid, but whatever. And on the point of overnight successes, even there are some shows that debut and have a great debut and they're still getting canceled. And it kind of confuses me because now at this point, I'm actually truly confused as to what they're looking for because, I mean, I have a whole list of shows I'll tell you all about my favorites that have been canceled and some of them had amazing debuts when they first came out and were immediately canceled after their first seasons. So then it's like, I'm now I really, really am confused because you're trying to get instant success, but then when you get a kind of a taste of it, you still cancel the show. So then it's like, I don't really, I don't really understand. And back to the insider article, when I said I did research, I read one insider article and it's, it was a great one, though. I think it made some amazing points. It talked about Netflix having a lack of transparency with their viewership numbers. So you can't just look up how many people are watching a particular show or how many people are just watching like anything. Like They're very like top secret, lock it in the vault when it comes to their viewership numbers. And then it... Per, it can, Sorry, again, I'm getting very passionate. When I get passionate, my tongue gets twisted. This contributes to the very warped understanding of what makes a successful show because then we don't know how many people are actually watching it so then it's like I I just don't understand because there's all of this mystery and almost ambiguity around their tv shows what even what we perceive to be popular I don't know maybe it actually is even more popular than we think less we just don't know so then we can't even try to figure out why shows are getting canceled there's just it's just all a very confusing situation on on the part of consumers. And as a consumer myself, it's it's so frustrating that I don't want to watch anything, you know? And it gets to the point and has gotten to the point, this has happened several times already, where people are begging for canceled shows to come back and starting petitions. I have signed a few of those. You know, they're protesting outside of Netflix headquarters in different cities around the world. Like, people just want the show back. And... I kind of get confused as to how you can see that happening and see that there's obviously a demand for a show and then just be like, I don't really care and cancel it. Because if anything, Netflix is constantly looking for new subscribers, but behavior like that and treating your consumers like that really just makes people feel like completely disposable. Like I I get that you don't, I, I guess you don't really have to care about your consumers on a personal level, but it's like if I'm paying $15 a month and me and 6,000 other people say we want another season of the society and you're like, no, and you continuously do that, then it's just like, they don't actually really care. I'm going to just take my $15 and leave. Like, 
just leave the platform altogether. So to me, Netflix is running people away while simultaneously pumping out shows in order to get new subscribers. So it doesn't really make any sense. And that I think is really going to be the downfall of Netflix because you know, I have to give Netflix credit. They know how to write a really good show. Like they, their Netflix originals go crazy movies and TV shows. So then you rope people in and then you're just like, that's all for today, folks. Keep it pushing. Like, no, like don't do that. So yeah, I'm, we're still getting into the thick of it. Like I am very upset about this. And and as part of this, as I was saying with Netflix pumping out shows, it to me feels like they're just cycling through shows too quickly. When you're putting out so many and then canceling so many, it just it doesn't make any sense. There's no apparent um, care for longevity and ultimate like long term quality. It's just all very short term, very like quick, and I really dislike that. And it makes me really anxious. Because I fear that every new Netflix original that I start watching will get canceled after season one. So then I'll be like, I put off a lot of shows, especially when they first come out on Netflix, like their first season. I tend to put off watching them because it's like, I feel like Netflix is going to cancel. Whether it's good or not, it's probably going to get canceled. I don't want to get super sucked into it. Every single time, though, I ultimately end up watching it, getting sucked into it. Then it gets canceled. So... It, yeah, like that was a, that's, ugh, it's annoying. And I, I know that when I recommend shows to other people on Netflix, I never used to understand why when they'd be like, oh, how many seasons? And I'd be like, one. They'd be like, then I don't want to watch it. I used to never really get why. I'm like, just watch the show. But then like seeing this kind of problem snowball before my eyes, I totally understand why people are like, I'm not going to watch anything with one season because there's a chance that there won't be another. So that is definitely something you should keep in the back of your mind when you start a new show because I recently just finished one. Again, I'll talk about that at the end. And I am, I have my fingers and my toes crossed 24-7 that it does not get canceled. That's all. It's very stressful for me. And now we're going to get into arguably my favorite part of the episode, canceled shows. I think that ugh, Netflix has canceled some gems, like truly amazing and these are the shows that really prove that my anxiety was warranted because I did get into them and then they were pretty much immediately canceled. Some of them are shows I haven't watched. I'll tell you which ones, but I do know the reputation that the show had. I did a little bit of research. Of course, that was like a few articles, but I did a little bit of research on them before including them in this episode. And another thing I want to mention before we keep going is... That some keep in mind though that some of these shows were critically acclaimed, they were loved before they were canceled. In the very short lifespan that they had, they were great. The quality was amazing. So then we don't know what Netflix is doing. But yes. So I'm gonna offer a short description of these shows because I think that they deserve to have their plots shared. They deserve to be promoted. I think we need to take advantage of the little that we have because the little that we have is amazing. So I want to start off with the show that really gave me my first taste of heartbreak. I think this was the first. No, actually, I see the second one on my list. This is actually the second show. But this was a show that made me realize that this was going to be a recurring problem. And this is when I really got angry with Netflix. And it's The Society. Shout out to Rosalie if you're listening to this. Because she's the one that told me to watch it. She started watching it first. And she's like, oh my god, you need to watch this show called The Society. I think it came out in 2019. It's, yeah, I think it was 2019. 
and you know r.i.p truly one of my favorite netflix originals and it was unfortunately canceled after one season um what sucks another thing i want to say going forward is with some of these shows when they get canceled sometimes the actors themselves don't know the show is going to be canceled until netflix releases like a statement being like the show is not returning for season two so you might have been banking on having a job next year and then netflix said no and i think that is horrible that's another thing i really dislike about canceled shows is people are kind of you know betting especially because it's really hard to make it in the acting industry and people are betting on this one thing that they have being a long-term project and then it's like no just no but back to the society um like i said this is a show that made me realize the whole cancellation thing was going to be a recurring problem and it hurt this one really really hurt so plot quick quick synopsis trust me none of these descriptions are going to do the show's justice it's very much cut and dry just the bare details because i do not want to spoil anything but the society is about um teenagers that return to find that everyone has vanished from their wealthy town after they went on this like school trip that wasn't really a school trip because they had to turn back around they came back to town everybody was gone their parents all the teachers authorities their siblings their pets like literally everything and they're pretty much left to fend for themselves and figure out what happened it is such a great show like it is an amazing show and it's like i like I said, none of the descriptions will do it justice, but I truly recommend of all the shows on this list, this is like top three of what you just have to, you have to watch it. Like it's, it's amazing. I truly love the show. And again, my heart broke when they announced that it was canceled and it was a pretty popular show because when it did get canceled after the first season, a bunch of people started petitions and were like asking Netflix, like, when are we getting another season? You need to bring it back. And then Netflix pretty much said nothing and then just kept it pushing and went on to cancel several more shows so whatever next on my list is sense eight this was the first show that i experienced getting canceled as i was in the midst of watching it and it was canceled after two seasons a little bit better but the show still did not deserve to be canceled after two seasons i watched this like freshman sophomore year of high school i think sophomore year of high school i don't really remember everything so I don't even think, though, at the end of the second season that it was wrapped up. But I, in my research, I found out there was like a finale movie, like extended episode type thing that they released because the creators really wanted to tie up the plot of the show and didn't want to leave it open-ended. And I'm really happy that at the very least, Netflix let them do that. Um, but yeah, plot-wise, it's about eight people from all over the world who can telepathically experience each other's lives and it's a very that's truly not even touching the tip of the iceberg as i said i don't really remember all the details of the show but yeah eight people like from all over the world super cool i think the diversity was amazing because you know when you have shows that are like everyone's from all over the world they tend to fall into a lot of um stereotypical tropes with certain people from certain countries but I think this show did an amazing job of really highlighting the characters of color and then giving all of the characters um, amazing growth and development and they were present and they had good lines and they were like real characters. So that was amazing. There, it was, it was, I love, I truly enjoyed watching the show. It was a show that the plot really premised itself on being a very global thing and I think that it did a very good job at representing the people that it did truly did not deserve her treatment literally so many this was actually a very popular show on netflix 
again, a lot of these shows had gained a good bit of notoriety before being canceled. So as I said, I really don't understand why Netflix would cancel these shows because it's not like they were complete dumpster fire. And as I'll mention later, there are some shows that were dumpster fire and kept getting more seasons. So it it's not making sense. On to the next. This is my most recent um, kind of heartbreak. I feel like my heart fell into my stomach acid and eroded. And it's The Irregulars. This is a pretty new show. I think it came out in March of this year. March of 2021. I don't know when you're listening to this. And it was unfortunately canceled after one season. Not just after one season, but the cancellation announcement was made one month after the show aired. So the show came out in March. They said in April, you're not getting another season. So then it really didn't make sense because I would assume that the decision to cancel a show isn't a decision you make like a split second thing. So that means that realistically they aired, they put the show out, they pumped it out, released it from Netflix headquarters with the intention of not doing another season. And again, they did not completely solve everything. It actually ends on a little bit of a a little bit of a cliffhanger. I would say the big issue of that season was pretty much resolved, but I feel like there was still so much more they could have picked through. There were relationships that were left completely open-ended. There were people that, I, I don't want to spoil anything, that are kind of, we don't really know what's going on with them, and they're just like, you're not getting another season. The show had a great ending that laid a great foundation for a second season multiple seasons i thought this was going to be an easily like a five season show and netflix said no and i'm pretty sure the first season is only like eight episodes absolutely horrible so that one that one really hurt and back to plot i have to hype her up for what she was in the time that she was alive she had a wonderful wonderful life the Irregulars is set in Victorian London. It's a group of teens that get roped into solving crimes for Dr. Watson. There's also Sherlock Holmes in this show. So it's kind of like on a tangent to that. Like it's kind of that's it's in that realm and it's actually really, really cool. And yeah, and then they have to save London and the world from the rip. Uh, there's a rip. Things are coming through the rip, attacking people, kidnapping people, killing people, and they have to figure out. Um, I hope I'm not explaining too much. I kind of am, but it's not spoilers. It's things that they kind of get to in the first few episodes and they have to kind of close it, figure out why it was open. And it's, it's an amazing show. And another really great thing about the show, and it's another reason why it really hurt to see the show get canceled, was that the leading character was an Asian woman. And I thought that was really great because she was an Asian woman lead in a show based outside of Asia. Because if you watch anything on netflix especially if you watch if you kind of search by like region you you really only see asian characters in leading roles in shows that are based in asia so if you watch any c dramas or k dramas those are usually some of the only shows on netflix to have asian leads and this show is set in london and i think that was really an amazing thing so it really that i think that netflix you know makes a lot of claims about pushing for representation and they make a lot of steps in the right direction and then cancel the shows that are doing great for representation, which you'll, I'll touch on even more in the next example, which is One Day at a Time, which I know upset a lot of people when that show got canceled. But yeah, as for the irregular success-wise, it was successful. It was the number one streaming show the week that it debuted. The week. It blew up days after it came out. So then I really can't understand why it was canceled. 
no clue no clue like it's just it's not making any sense and it was very upsetting but i 100 recommend that you watch it i binge watched it in like two days mind you this came out during my spring semester of college i put all my work aside and i binge watched the show it's so good it's so good like it's really 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 good 10 out of 10 loved it she had a great life albeit a short one on to one day at a time this was canceled after three seasons and although this show lasted a little bit longer than the others on this list, which average about one to two seasons, I still included it because it centers a Latino family in a non-stereotypical, actually kind of great way. It's, again, was a great step in the right direction for representation. So pretty much the plot of the show, again, this is one of the few shows on this list that I'm including that I haven't watched, but I, as I said, did a bit of research on it. I know the reputation that the show has among its viewers and it's about a single cuban-american mother raising her teenage daughter and her son with the help of her mother and it's kind of her navigating life like that and it's great i believe it's a sitcom or something in that realm of television and i know that you know everyone that's watched it has raved about it and i was reading some of the like critic reviews it was very highly rated lots of people love the show the quality was amazing And Netflix then canceling the show for absolutely no reason to many people felt like a huge loss for Latin representation on Netflix, which I totally agree with. And that's what I'm saying is Netflix is fumbling the bag. And I think it would have just almost would have been better if they didn't even release shows like The Irregulars and One Day at a Time because you really made a giant leap in the right direction and then flung yourself off a cliff like you just missed it completely. So, yeah, I think that's going to be what really takes them down in the end, honestly. And do note, I'll bring it up again in a few minutes, but do note that a lot of the shows I'm mentioning have uh, people of color either like in executive positions behind the scenes as writers and directors or as leading characters in these shows. That seems to be a very common thread here. Now on to one of my favorites. What usually people ask me what my favorite show is, this show doesn't come to mind, but then when I was planning for this episode, I realized how much I love the show, and it's The Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj. It was canceled after six volumes that were released in two years. The episodes are pretty short. I think they're like 20 to 30 minutes, and it is literally top-tier television. Like, If you want to learn something, but also like watch a good comedy show at the same time it's the perfect show he's an amazing host 10 out of 10 as i said this makes top three of the shows i recommend watching after you finish this episode because it's literally amazing so the show the patriot act is pretty much about him it's really cool because it's like on a little stage he has this little like monitors like things things like a presentation whatever going on behind him so you get to see what he's talking about and it has a live audience and it's a, it's amazing. It just feels like you're watching an educational stand-up comedy show. But the it offers a very nuanced perspective to global news, politics, and culture and does all of that while being comedic. It's it's genuinely very good, educational and funny. If you I've never really thought to combine those two things before, but I think he does an amazing job of it and it's also a well-loved show and the news of this getting canceled, which I think was announced last year or 2019 was a huge shock because there was literally no good reason to cancel the show 
I don't know if he was moving on to other projects, but I'm pretty sure it was actually just canceled by Netflix. Them just being like, we gotta, we gotta pull the plug. Why? No reason. Whatever. But I do have some of my favorite episodes here. And I think I started watching this. Um, I was in Jamaica when I started watching it. But I don't remember when. Oh, I think I started watching it in December of 2020. No. December of 2019, I think, is when I started watching it. Literally, top tier show. Some of my favorite episodes, though, are The Real Cost of Cruises, which was super, super cool because I don't really know how the cruise industry works. So you learn about cruises, um, how they operate, who kind of staffs them, the poor treatment of staff members, the waste that it produces. Honestly, I learned a little bit about maritime laws as well and how kind of easy it is to commit murder on a cruise ship. Like, it's an amazing episode. The Broken Policing System, I think, was probably one of the first ones I watched, and that was, he hit it on the head. It was an amazing episode. If you want to learn a little bit more about the policing system, I highly recommend that you watch that episode. There's another one about fentanyl. Um, I think there's fentanyl, and there's another one about the cost of drugs. Um, Or drug pricing, I think, is what that episode is called. It's literally... If you want to learn anything about like big pharma and just the whole kind of legal drug system that we have in the U.S., that is an amazing episode to watch. All of these are amazing episodes. I'm going to just keep saying that. And then the other one is the dark side of the video game industry. I know nothing about the video game industry, but I'm going to tell you after watching that episode, first of all, I never wanted to play another video game again. And I felt really bad for people who um, are video game like designers because the treatment that those people get horrible absolutely horrible and it is definitely not an environment i would ever want to work in but you know nice to know that information you know it almost make, it does make you appreciate video games more i've never been a player but it did make me kind of appreciate it more because of how much effort people are putting in and trust me they're putting in a lot so yeah those are my like favorite what is that one two three four episodes i think those are almost all in volume three so i highly recommend it And yes, I did mention that the show had six volumes in two years, which again makes it a little bit longer than some of the other shows on the list, but I still included it because there was truly no good reason to cancel the show. And something that I was thinking about and that I remember reading on Twitter, a few people had made comments about this when the show's cancellation was announced, was that I really do think that Netflix kind of feared what he had to say because he really wasn't afraid to call people out. And it wasn't in this like, like shock factor stirring up the pot type of way but like genuinely calling attention to very serious issues and he was not afraid to name drop so I really think that Netflix either maybe didn't agree with what he was saying but I also know that's I can't say that for sure because they still let the show run for two whole years but you know he might have said had he might have had an episode about Netflix in the works and everything that he says is facts supported by nothing but facts like so if he had ever made an episode calling Netflix out, the platform would have been down tomorrow. Like, please. Like, it was... I do think that his his boldness, his honesty, his accuracy, and his ability to deliver such important information in such a great way to such a wide audience kind of made him a force to be reckoned with. So I, I, I feel like they kind of feared him a little bit. So they were like, we got to cut this out. We got to cut this out before we're on the chopping block next. But to to Mr. Hassan Minaj, if you're happy to listen to this, I'm a huge fan. Mwah. 
Yes. Moving on to the next one. The get down. I know about the reputation this show has. I know that people die for it. I think I'm actually going to watch it now that I'm talking about it. I do think I'm planning to watch it. I actually had no clue that it was canceled after one season. I thought the show was at least like three, four seasons long. Didn't even know it was canceled. I thought it just ended on its own terms. But I know this was a highly beloved show. So I, I was very, very surprised doing the research for this episode to find out it was canceled. And it's pretty much about the story is told through some kids from South Bronx in 1977 now I'm questioning is that if that's supposed to say 1977 or 1997. I'm going to say 1977 because I, I've seen like images from the show and like the styles scream 70s. So yes. And it kind of chronicles the rise of hip hop and then kind of the end of disco. And I'm like, that's pretty cool. I'm pretty sure it's a predominantly black cast. It's it's good. I, I've I've seen a few bits and pieces of it here and there. It's a good show. I... Again, no clue why Netflix would cancel it. Another one is Grand Army. And I, okay, I watched Grand Army. I did not finish the first season. Okay, this one I I guess I can talk about a little bit more. Is part of why I didn't finish uh, season one of Grand Army. I don't remember, Layla is her name? Is like the main character, was easily the most annoying character in any TV show I have ever watched in my entire life because nothing that she did made even like remote sense. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't understand her train of thought because it would be a very simple um, way to handle your problems like a mature person. And she would say, I'm going to be petty and I'm going to be immature. And I just didn't like her and she just wasn't nice and was just gross and I didn't like her and she was kind of fighting for it. I could kind of go on, but it's literally her character that made me stop watching the show. I really preferred the side stories of the other characters much more to whatever her story was supposed to be. But the show in general, my complaints aside, follows five high school students in Brooklyn. That's that's I was I was I thought I was going to say something after, but that's that's pretty much the premise of the show. And it's like sex and drugs and literally just like everything it's a it's a lot i i feel like in the episodes i did watch because i did watch quite a bit of season one i do think it was pretty realistic heartbreakingly realistic because it's not realistic for good reasons like oh my god that's totally how they give tests in high school or that's how sports work in high school not like that it was unfortunately realistic because of the way oh i can't say that because that might be a spoiler but bad things that happen to people, and unfortunately, those are bad things that happen to a lot of people in real life. So that's upsetting. Yes. Hmm. I kind of want to go back for a second. Um, okay, kind of just talking about all those shows in general. It's, it's really upsetting. As I said, all these shows kind of average. Honestly, I think most of them were one season. The Society was one. Sense8 was two. The Regulars was one. One Day at a Time was three. Hasan Minaj's volumes, which I guess are six, but it was only over the course of two years. So we'll kind of leave that one out. And then The Get Down was one season. Grand Army was one season. So most of the ones on this list are one season shows that, as I said, had huge audiences and people loved it. You know, I've watched most of these and I think that they had the potential to be some of Netflix's biggest shows if they had had the time to kind of continue to grow and mature and develop 
And honestly, the Grand Army one really surprised me because I know that during quarantine last year, everyone was watching Grand Army. If you search Grand Army on on YouTube, there's like 50,000 video essays about the show. Whether people liked it or not, there was a lot that people had to say about it and a lot of people that watched it. And I think it was, you know, I used to, when I back when I used to use social media, I used to use TikTok, Grand Army was everywhere. All anybody could talk about was Grand Army. Grand Army, Grand Army, Grand Army, all day long. So I'm kind of confused as to why there's no second season of course i don't actually know how season one ends but i'm gonna assume that it wasn't like this big grand final ending because netflix rarely does that with any show in the first season so that's a little bit strange to me and as i said i hope that these examples show because you've probably watched some of these shows or heard of them and frankly if you've even heard of these shows that does kind of show that it it did gain a bit of notoriety and popularity in the time that it was alive it it doesn't make any sense to me like because it's not just i don't know if it's a numbers thing and we'll never know if it's a numbers thing because netflix lacks transparency with um with their viewership numbers so it's just very upsetting that such great shows and such great actors just got tossed in the bin for seemingly no reason And I hope that these examples really drive home my point. And I hope I sold my frustration to you. It's just really upsetting. And what makes this even worse is Netflix has canceled a total of 47 shows. Many of them with three seasons or less. 47. 47. 47 shows have been canceled. So... It's, it's horrible. It's horrible. So away from specifically talking about these handful of canceled shows, which as I said, I, I think I only offered like six of those 47, which is scary to think about, that there could be so many, kind of back to the root of the problem. And this is the thing that kind of drives me up the walls. And every single time I watch a show and it gets canceled, I think back on this thing. And it's, it's the fact that there are some really crappy shows on Netflix that get an insane number of seasons that they don't deserve. You can choose to do... There's two main shows on this list, and I really think that any kind of sane person would agree with me, that these shows did not deserve to go past their first seasons. And for both of these shows, I did watch the first season and started after, and it was just... It was not selling it. It wasn't doing it. First on my list is Riverdale. I think that everyone collectively understands that it is a bad show. For some people, it's a good bad show, like it's, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a, the, you know, the show is bad, but it's so bad that it's good and entertaining. So you watch it and you know, it's garbage, but you're like, I'm going to just keep watching. For me, it's just straight garbage. Like it's such a bad show. The writing is really bad. I think the actors are very talented people and they've gone on to do so many other projects that are actually well-written that it just didn't make any sense to me why the writers of Riverdale were like, this is how we're going to make the show. Isn't there that line in the show where it's like, this kid is like, I dropped out of like the second grade to sell drugs with my grandma. It was something like that. It was just weird. I don't think that's what the line was. I'm not going to lie. But they dropped out of school like a young age, I think to sell drugs or something. I know his grandma's in the line. And then they talk about like the ups and downs of high school football. And it just, I think it, it doesn't make sense. The first season, I watched the first season of Riverdale and I actually thought it was really good. And I actually was one of those people waiting for season two. And then I just saw where I was like, this is garbage. Never mind. And I never watched it again. 
but it had a, a good start but i honestly totally think it did not need to go past season one and i think the show yeah the show did have a total of five seasons five do you know what i would have done with five seasons of the irregulars or five seasons of the society my life would be a little bit better than it is right now if i had had five seasons honestly five seasons of any of the shows that i i mentioned before but riverdale got five seasons when it is common accepted knowledge that it is a bad show so as i said I don't even know if it's a quality, it can't be a quality thing that's making Netflix cancel shows because no one would choose the get down one day at a time. The Irregulars, wait, I kind of mixed up my sentence. No one would choose Riverdale over one day at a time or the get down or the Irregulars, like as simple as that. So I don't really understand. I know that the show isn't a Netflix original and I'm comparing it to Netflix originals, but Netflix did kind of make a deal with the CW to kind of become the the sole distributor of the the last couple seasons. I don't even I think it only airs on TV on the CW channel and then all of it is on Netflix or they completely stopped showing it on TV. I think that's what it is. I think I don't think it shows on at least not new episodes. I think it all now goes straight through Netflix. So it's like Netflix paid millions of do- tens of millions of dollars to get the rights to distribute the show. Instead, that they could have literally put that money into any of the other shows that they canceled for no reason. Whatever. That really upset me. The second one that I have to complain about is 13 Reasons Why. Again, it is a show that I watched the first season and I thought it was solid. But I knew that it did not need more than that. I think it was honestly off the bat. I can't lie that it had some very problematic kind of lines and implications And I think that the show really went off track between season one and season four. And it, I think even if they went past season one, it shouldn't even gone past season two because it, it, the original plot gone, it just becomes random. I heard that they started killing people off. I think it was just unnecessary. It was just, it was unnecessary. I think that some, the degree of the graphicness of the show, like I understand trying to make things realistic and i think there's a line between something just being very raw and realistic and it just being a little too graphic and just a little too much and i i feel like honestly the first episode of the show literally made me want to vomit so like it's a lot and i i think and there was a lot going on like with how the show was taken publicly with how people kind of took the whole like almost glorification of Hannah's life post-death and how she was finally getting all this attention. And unfortunately, there were reported cases of people committing suicide kind of in a similar fashion. And I was like, that's horrible. And it was just, the show was a lot. Lots of people didn't like the show. I feel like it was a very divisive show. I don't think it was a collectively enjoyed thing. I think it was much more liked in general in its first season and everything after it was incredibly divisive and honestly controversial. So I'm very surprised that it made it to season four. As I said, I would take season four of any of the other shows, four seasons of any of the other shows I mentioned. So it's just, it makes me upset that these shows got to run for so long. And 13 Reasons Why was a Netflix original. So Netflix was pouring in all this money for nothing. Again, I think it's definitely a writing thing. The actors were great. I've seen them star in so many other projects and they've done very well. So I just, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand. I think compared to 
a lot of other shows that air on Netflix, both originals and non-originals, I don't think these shows really stack up. So I don't really see why Netflix was funneling so much money into them for so long when you had other great shows that you barely kind of let out into the world before you literally stomped them out. So that was just incredibly upsetting for me. And it's a huge point of frustration when I remember that those shows literally exist. So yes, back to the one insider article that I read to do research for this episode, it made lots of points and I will try to link it in the description if I remember. Hopefully I will remember or just ask me or just search like why does literally this is what I searched to find it. Why does Netflix cancel good shows? And it's insider.com. Great article. And I think, like I said, it made some really great points, which I have here to tell you. And it's that they brought up the point that Netflix is trying to replicate the success of Stranger Things. Stranger Things came out in 2016, and which is crazy to think about. Like, I thought the show came out in, like, 2018, but no. But I totally agree. Like, that's pretty much as big as it's going to be, as big as it's going to get for any Netflix original. I really don't see anything topping Stranger Things and, like, the massive following and commercial success that that show has had. And the actors have gone on to do such great work. Like, literally catapulted them to stardom. Like, it's absolutely insane how many people watch that show from all over the world and how loved the show is. And they are definitely trying to replicate it. And it's unfortunate. And they keep churning out shows to get there. And on the point of churning out shows, the Insider article talks about the fact that Netflix is killing some of its most interesting shows in their infancy and still at the same time are turning out new shows every single year. It's, it's as I said before, they're cycling through shows too quickly and everything just feels very underdeveloped. You know, they'll release 50 shows in a year, cancel half of them and do it again next year and just keep running. And, it, and it's, I don't feel like that's a very smart way to do television and it's dumb apparently um i mean this isn't i don't know article mentions this but i think it's just they're kind of like trying to figure out why netflix is doing what netflix is doing and apparently supposedly longer running shows won't lead to new subscribers and so it's them them churning out a bunch of short content is supposed to kind of get people like i want to watch that i want to watch that i want to watch that versus there being less shows that are longer because for whatever reason, supposedly longer shows won't encourage people to want to subscribe to the subs- to the program, which I, I guess I understand the whole new shows very frequently will make people want to watch or want to pay for Netflix. But I also don't think there's anything wrong with having less shows that are just longer, but are good because Netflix has some long shows that aren't good, but they, you know, the, the short ones that had the potential to be really good long shows got chopped up. So, and I don't really understand. Like, I just don't understand. And another thing it points out is that with shows like Friends and The Office leaving Netflix, which I had no idea about, plus all of these very disappointing and frustrating cancellations equals big disaster for Netflix. And I 100% agree. 100%. Like, like someone was writing this article and was making points. And... I just want to give you another very upsetting, very startling statistic is that, you know, I gave you a list of about six shows that Netflix canceled and those were spread out over the course of a few years. But if you want to get a grasp of what this could look like in a single year, 
in 2020 alone, the year of the pandemic, 2020, just those 12 months, Netflix canceled 18 original shows. 18. 14 of which only had one season. So they were pumping out shows and canceled the majority of them after one season. And as I said, I don't think that canceling a show is a very, like, I don't think it's a split second drop of the hat type of decision. That is something that you had to have been thinking about, presumably, I would think at least for a couple weeks. You had to kind of work out the logistics of it. Did you have more to lose if you kept going or whatever, right? So 14 of 18 new shows being canceled like that, I feel like you you pumped it out with the intention of canceling it after one season. You wrote the show, not kind of completing the plot or the story arc, and just said, they're going to have to deal with it. It literally doesn't make any sense. I don't think I would be as, as, as upset if they just completed all of the shows. So if in one season they were able to wrap everything up, then I couldn't complain if they didn't do any other seasons. Like, it's as simple as that. But when you leave it incomplete, then that's when it becomes incredibly frustrating. If the society could have been, the whole thing could have been solved in eight, nine episodes, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been on my list. I wouldn't have been complaining because one season would have been enough. But for those 14 shows that got canceled in 2020, I'm quite sure that all of them were incomplete. So it's literally idiotic. I don't understand why they would do that. And back to my point of Netflix cycling through shows too quickly, they released 118 new shows in 2020. 118 in one year. Who releases over 100 shows in one year? I totally get that that's probably worldwide, but that's like that still doesn't make sense. I mean, it's not that if the show comes out in that country or is filmed in that country, it that it only airs in that country. Like It's kind of almost everywhere except for select content, which is like set up by country, whatever. You get my point. But releasing 118 new shows in a year, to me, is a little bit excessive, especially when you seem to have this trigger finger when it comes to killing your shows too early. It doesn't make any... I feel like it's just almost a waste of money. Like, I don't understand why you would put so much into it because, honestly, the quality of Netflix shows, to me, is very high. So then it's like you're putting in millions of dollars to, to hire people, to pay people, to get these sets and these costumes and all this stuff together. You're putting so much effort into shows and then just throwing them out the window and then upsetting people for no reason. I'm not understanding at all. And this really just proves that they're going for short-term quantity over long-term quality. Because I think that they would be so much better off with less shows of longer, like with more seasons that are just good. As I said, of course, they have long shows that are garbage, but they had so many shows with the potential to be long, amazing ones, and they ruined that for themselves. So I'm not really understanding who's making the creative decisions at Netflix, but like that person has got to go ASAP because it's not making any, like there's, I can't understand the logic and I tried to understand it while planning the episode and I tried to think it through as I'm talking right now and I just can't figure out why they would do something like this. I feel like this should be a case example of like what not to do when you're working in television. Just don't do what Netflix is doing right now because it's stupid. And I kind of touched on this point when I was talking about the shows and I did say to keep in mind, well, the canceled shows, and I did say to keep in mind um, 
a very common theme about what types of shows on Netflix get canceled. And this was something that was, again, mentioned in that Insider article. And it pointed out that many of the cancellations or many of the canceled shows had women and people of color behind the scenes or in starring roles. So think about the Irregulars. Think about the Get Down, Grand Army, One Day at a Time. I another show that's all I didn't mention, but I remember seeing it on uh, when I was doing research. Glow was a very popular show, a bunch of female characters. All of these shows get canceled. Suddenly, all the shows with like good representation are pretty much the ones that are getting canceled. I can't, you know, I don't feel like that's just a coincidence, especially because the quality of the shows are good. So then it's like you're doing just enough for people to say that Netflix is quote unquote putting in the effort, putting in the work to create more inclusive content. But at the same time, are they really putting in the work? Because they're canceling everything. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I can't get excited about the get down having so many great, well casted, well written black characters if you're then gonna cancel the show after one season. It doesn't make any sense. So shame on you. Literally shame on you. Overall, this sucks. That's just that's just my this is not an episode that's going to end with some great conclusion or me understanding something better than I did before because frankly, I'm even more confused and more upset than I was before recording this episode because it's just it's, it's there's no line of logic to this. I and it's just it's just a very upsetting thing. I know in the grand scheme of all the things that are occurring in my life and in anyone's life, Netflix canceling a couple shows is not the end of the world, but I think that just thinking about it in a business sense, in a logical sense, it's just stupid. I mean, you know, people, you know, watch TV shows and things of that sort for a variety of reasons. It's comfort, it's the opportunity to kind of step away from, you know, what could be a very stressful life for you. Just a moment of relaxation and consuming content that makes you happy. It adds another layer of stress, unnecessary layer of stress to people's lives when the things that they enjoy keep getting taken away from them. It doesn't make for a good experience. And I think that at the end of the day, this is the one thing that makes me fear the future of Netflix. Because yes, I know everybody is saying that Netflix is here to stay forever. I don't necessarily think, you know, I don't know, because no one necessarily saw Blockbuster closing down and they did. I mean, maybe someone did. I didn't. But you know, I think in the same way that not everybody saw Netflix going from that DVD service to the massive streaming platform it is now, I don't know what Netflix is going to look like 20 years from now. I totally think they'll be around for the next five or 10, but 20 years from now, I think the frustration, if they don't get their act together, could be the downfall of Netflix. So that'll be a very interesting thing. But don't, you know, don't click off yet. This isn't where we end. I am going to end on a good note. Despite the fact that I don't understand Netflix's uh logic or lack thereof i still have some personal favorites um many of which were not treated as poorly as the ones i mentioned before and i would like to share them with you because i like tv i do and i don't i don't watch i don't watch actual television like live cable tv i don't watch it like ever if i tell you i'm watching something on tv you that's like code for like i'm dying or something because i don't watch tv but I have, you know, I feel like I have watched a good amount of good shows on Netflix over the past. I've had Netflix since the seventh grade and I am now a, a sophomore in college. So I've been watching Netflix for a very long time. And I've watched some good stuff in my time. This isn't everything I've watched. I mean, this isn't including 
um, a lot of these are originals or shows that were the rights were like signed over to Netflix. Um, yeah, I don't really, these aren't my favorite shows in general. These are my favorite shows that I've watched on Netflix either because I didn't watch them on TV and then they were moved to Netflix and I watch them there or they're Netflix originals, whatever. But I have plenty of favorite shows that didn't, that aren't Netflix originals is my point. But yes, my favorite shows that I've watched on Netflix. Again, this is not a complete list. I've watched great things that aren't on here, but I've watched great shows, didn't watch them on Netflix or did, or they aren't Netflix original. You get my point, but these are some of my favorites. A lot of these are more recent. Most of these are actually more recent. This is like the past year that I've watched most of these shows. Okay, so first on the list is The Irregulars. I watched that when it came out in March. Like actually, like the, I think the day it came out or the day after, I just decided to watch it. Top tier. I've already explained the basics of the plot. It is unfortunately canceled, but I do think that the few episodes it has right now are totally worth watching. I don't know how long Netflix keeps up canceled shows, so... I recommend watching it, you know, before it's completely gone off the face of the earth. So, yeah, I think it's an amazing, amazing show. Had amazing potential. And Netflix really fumbled on that one. Second on the list is The Society. Again, I've already mentioned this. It is canceled, unfortunately, after one season. But I feel like, although they didn't complete the plot of the show, I think they made a decent amount of progress. So the the first season doesn't feel like a waste of time to watch. Um... Yeah, there's just enough drama and it's it's a good show. Personally, it made me kind of question my morals because there's a very bad character on the show. Kind of loved him, was kind of one of my favorite characters. He is a horrible person. If you watch the show, you know exactly who I'm talking about. So that was a little upsetting for me. That was a little bit of a moment of weakness. But I think it's an amazing show. It's a very, I think it's a very unique plot for a show. And it was very well developed for the little time that it did have. So it's definitely, I will say it's very different from what you're probably watching right now. So I definitely recommend watching The Society. Now, Shadow and Bone. I just finished watching this. I know it's a popular show. I've seen like YouTube videos and not TikToks, but like YouTube videos about it. And I know it's a new show. I'm pretty sure it came out this year, I think. And I am praying, praying to, I don't know who or what, fingers and toes crossed that it won't be canceled it only has one season so far it's a new show i believe it's based on a book series is by the same name it's great i again i think like the society and like the irregulars it's very different than what you're probably watching right now it's a completely different it's not a different world i'm assuming this is like it's set in like nordic the nordic countries because of the the names of the characters and the locations it's not the most like insane realm in the world it's just another part of the world i don't live in but it's like an amazing I guess I should explain the plot because um you don't know what the show's about but I don't know how to explain it it's kind of a world where some people have powers and they're called Grisha and some people don't and there's this thing called I was gonna say the rip wrong show the fold that's kind of running along dividing these countries and someone put it there and they've been trying to figure out how to get I don't I'm not going to try to do a description of the show justice because I am very bad at describing shows to people. And that's usually why when I get give people show suggestions, they don't watch it because I don't explain shows very well. So I definitely think just watch it. It's great. Like truly, I binge watched it. I just actually I literally just finished the show like two days ago and I was so sad when it ended. But I'm praying I am praying Netflix. This is your chance to redeem yourself in my books 
if you don't cancel Shadow and Bone. I haven't looked up if they've made any announcement about the renewal, but I haven't heard anything. So I'm going to assume that it's kind of up in the air at the moment. So like, fingers crossed. Next is a show called Vincenzo. I watched it this year. It came out this year. It's a Korean drama. It is literally one of the best I've watched. I actually really, I loved it. I think it it was just really well written. I, I like shows where romance... Okay, no, I love a good romance show. Like, I do, and I feel like romance is a is a dying genre of television, in my opinion, because I feel like sometimes the romance is kind of thrown in as, like, a secondary to the plot. I don't... Well, that... Well, this isn't a romance show either way, so I don't think that point made any sense. But I think that this show gave a, a decent amount of romance, but it didn't consume the show in a good way. Like, it wasn't the secondary thing that felt, like, too rushed, I do think it was a little, well, no. I don't know. I do feel like it built up a little bit. I don't know. It's a great show. It is top tier, one of the best dramas I've watched ever. I think it had a great degree of like shock value. It's so good. Okay, so pretty much the plot of the show is this. He's a Korean-Italian lawyer. Um, well, he's Korean and he was adopted by Italian parents and was raised in Italy. And then gets involved. Well, not involved. He literally worked for them a concierge to the Italian mafia. And I think to me, the represent, I mean, I am not Italian, but I do think the representations of, um, Italian culture and the Italian mafia weren't so like fantastical. I think it was pretty legit. And there is a character on the show that's like supposed to be like the stereotypical Italian because they kind of try to mimic all of the stereotypical behaviors of an Italian person. And it's very obvious that this person is like in the wrong. It's not trying to say that, you know, all Italians speak or behave in a certain way. And then there's kind of his opposite is the main character, Vincenzo, who is this very just calm, cool, refined man. And his Korean heritage, quote unquote, the actual actor is not Italian at all, but is, you know, it's very, just very natural, very, it's very good. I I really, I think it was a great fusion of the, I think it was, it was phenomenal. And yeah, he's a lawyer and they're kind of, technically it's like big pharma. I think it counts as I think it counts as big pharma. It's this big, literally a big pharmaceutical company in Korea that's doing and approving drugs that they shouldn't. And literally the main like villain is so good. Literally, love you, dear. Um, he was an amazing actor, and it, he's literally. I don't want to say psychotic. I don't. He's just. It's. I think that's a really good villain because it. it he was a villain that was very logical, but he was also emotionally charged by like anger and would kind of act out and was not afraid to kill people and I feel like the show was definitely an emotional roller coaster because to me it was like you know this it was a it's a very it's, it's kind of a law show it's kind of based around them being lawyers and going to court and trying to take down big pharma and this particular company at least and you know it, so many good people died in the midst of it and it was just all very shocking and there's a lot of back and forth and I think that the the villain is actually a good formidable I don't know where I was going with this sentence it's a good villain because I know sometimes they just they make villains but then they kind of write the character it's very obvious that the 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 main character is going to beat them because it's honestly they're not an equal match but I actually think that in this show in Vincenzo that the the characters are a good match for one another they really you know they they do the tangle they really kind of get one on each other every single time they foil each other's plans back and forth so i think that was a really great thing i mean of course everybody knows that the 
the hero wins in the end but it was genuinely still a very exciting show to watch because i even had to question that sometimes because it's like man how are you going to come back from this and there were just so many twists and turns and it was just i know i'm going on a long time about this show but i don't know a single person that watches it and it is an amazing show it's a one season show but most k-dramas are one season and they do complete the plot in one season and for any if you end up watching any k-dramas after this they're usually 16 episodes like almost all of them are 16 episodes even if they have more than one season but most of them are 16 episodes one season very to the point it solves the whole plot you get so much back and forth top tier definitely a genre of television that is very much underrated in the u.s that was a lot second one well this is technically like the fourth it's another k-drama back to back i didn't i didn't write the list with that in mind but it's called It's Okay Not to Be Okay. Again, a K-drama with one season, 16 episodes. And this is also top-tier television. I watched it this year. As we can tell, my sophomore year of... My, not my sophomore. My spring semester of my freshman year of college, I spent more time than I should have watching Netflix. But It's Okay Not to Be Okay was in my list for a minute. It actually... I think it came out in 2020. It is so good. I think that is... I, I think as a female... Like, I, okay, both of the characters, both the male and the female, all know technically the guy is the main character. But he he works in, um, are they, I think they are considered, I think they are mental hospitals and he's kind of worked at a lot of them. And it's just him and his brother. I think his mom passed away. Yes, she did. And then he ends up kind, he ends, uh, I don't know how much to say. And there's this female character. She is going through every... She had like a horrible childhood. I think her father's dead. I don't remember too much. No. Where's her father alive? Her father is alive. I think her father tried to kill her. And then I think her father was put in the, the mental hospital. I think the father killed the mother. You know, I don't think they... I don't... I take it back. I take everything back I just said. I don't... I, I think... I don't remember. But she's like actually like... Like she's literally insane. And she's a, a children's storybook author. And she was such a cool, dark character because the main male characters just, they were just a perfect match. I think if you want to watch a, a romance show that is very non-traditional, their romance was very, it was very different. It, it was, it was just such an interesting relationship. The show isn't just about their romance. It's about solving this bigger mystery and her kind of overcoming like childhood trauma. And then the guy kind of, um, building a better relationship with his brother and overcoming his own issues because he had a lot of issues as a child. And so, yeah, both of them literally had a lot of childhood trauma to, to deal with. And it was just, I don't even know how to explain the plot of the show, but it it's an amazing, I think that's probably one of my favorite romance storylines of any TV show. Of course, their romance was a pretty big part of the show, but it wasn't the main plot of the show. Kind of, I guess 50-50, and it was such a unique take on a romance story because I think they were a good match for each other, but they were two very different people. I think it's the one of the best examples of opposites attract is all I'm saying. Kind of a little bit of enemies to lovers, but I feel like she kind of liked him. She would always be like, I want you in kind of like a very possessive materialistic way. But it was, oh my God, if anybody watches the show, per my recommendation, please reach out to me because I, I need to stop talking about it for so long because I have like literally eight other shows on my list. But it's okay not to be okay. Top tier. Do not let subtitles deter you from watching some of the amazing shows on Netflix. And on that point, the next show as well, is not a K-drama, but is another foreign TV show on Netflix, Young Royals. 
I don't remember who. I know it came out like a couple weeks ago, and I started watching it a, f- a couple days after it came out. Praying it won't be canceled. As I said, it's news and only has one season. It's a Swedish show, and a lot of the shows in Swedish, but the characters do speak English. Like they are all capable of speaking fluent English. And occasionally the show does dip between Swedish and English, but the bulk of the show, like 80-90% of the show, is in Swedish. And first of all, Swedish is very similar to English, so it was one of those shows where I was okay with kind of looking away from the screen for a few seconds and having a general understanding of what was going on. Great show, and I really like the fact that it kind of isn't marketed. I don't know if it's even under the LGBTQ category on Netflix, I'm not sure, but that is what the relationship is between the two main male characters. And it was, to me, done so naturally. It wasn't a forced kind of, you know, storyline because I feel like sometimes when underrepresented characters get um, main roles in TV shows, I feel like they do too much to sell it. And I think it was just a very nat. I didn't know that, you know, what the plot of the show was before watching it. All I know is it was about this um, this prince that ends up going to boarding school. Like, that's gets in, gets in trouble and then his parents end up boarding school. That's all I knew. And I guess that's all I'll tell you. But it kind of spirals into this love story. And it has so... It's it's really, really good. Like, it's it's truly good. I binge-watched it in, like, two days. I watched it this summer. Just finished it, actually, like, two weeks ago. Great, great show. Like, top tier. The acting was great. Loved all the characters. Literally, immediately after I finished, I followed all of them on Instagram. I, I highly recommend Young Royals. I think if you only watch a couple shows on this list i would probably put young royals in the the top three i think it has very great points about the experience of coming out and you know in the case of the prince doing that to your whole country and it's a lot of twists and turns and it's the all even the side characters all have very interesting stories it's an amazing amazing show moving on (laughs) schitt's creek thank you again rossley for recommending this to me unless i thanked you earlier but i think i thank you for something else um it's not a Netflix original, but it's a. Sh- I think it's on Pop, Pop TV. I think that's the name of the network. It's over now, but it's they complete the plot of the show. One of my favorite shows. I'm not a big comedy person when it comes to TV shows, like at all. So I was a little like, eh. but it's the plot develops to be so good. And like, not that it's not good in the first season, but like it's a show. I think it has six, five seasons, maybe five somewhere around that number and or is it four i think it's four i don't think it's as many as five or six i think it's like four seasons but it's a show where every single season is good because you know there's always a show where it's like oh this was the worst season and like everybody agrees i think it's a show where all the seasons are good and honestly it only progressively gets better i guess if you want to rank the seasons it's a show that just progressively gets better straight through to the end it had an amazing ending the character growth was amazing because if you look at what like Alexis and David and 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 Moira and and Johnny were like in season one and what they were like at the end of the show they all just grew so much and it was it was a very wholesome ending to a tv show and to me it was a good background show so I have like my like super engaged shows and I have background shows and to me Schitt's Creek was a great background show as I said I'm not the greatest multitasker but something I I do like is at least when I'm eating or if it's like I'm bored. Like, it's just a quick show to turn on at any time. Schitt's Creek was perfect for that. And so, yeah. I'm not saying you shouldn't be engaged, but it's obviously not this crazy, riveting action plot that if you turn away for 10 seconds, you don't know what's going on. But it's a great show that does, I do think, keeps you pretty engaged. And it's actually really funny. 
that's another reason I don't really watch comedies because I think sometimes it's very forced. It's not good. But Schitt's Creek is genuinely a funny show. If you don't find it funny, don't tell me. But that's 10 out of 10. Let me get through this list so I can wrap this up. The Magicians. I heard about it, I think, like two years ago. But I just started watching it like two days ago. Literally. And I actually really like it. I didn't really know where this was going. I think the show has six seasons, which means finally. Because sometimes I have a hard time picking shows to watch on Netflix. And then rarely do I find a show that's super good and has multiple seasons. So I feel like I really hit the jackpot with this one. It's actually really good. And for a show that started, I think, in 2015, I think the effects are also pretty good. I think the plot is good. I actually love the actor that plays the main character. I unfortunately cannot remember his name at this moment. I think he plays a very, like, timid person very well. And it's an adult show because I hate... I'm not the biggest fan of shows that are um, set in high school because of the fact that they use older actors so that they can then get away with making high school culture seemed a lot more sexual and drug-based and alcohol-based than it can actually be in real life. I think it does too much, but I like the fact that it's graduate school, actually. He's in a master's program as a magician. It's actually super cool. I can't give this long-winded review of the show because I'm only a couple episodes in, but literally the first episode alone progresses the plot significantly. It's amazing. It has a little bit of a mystery to solve, and I like the fact that I have no clue where this is going. I have no theories about what's going on because you're kind of learning about this world at the same time as the main character. So I think that that's actually amazing. It's, it's genuinely a great show. Maybe I'll check back in in a couple weeks to tell you I finished it and give a better review. But if you watch The Magicians or plan to, DM me on Instagram. But yes, we're nearing the end of my list. Naomi Osaka. That's literally what it's called. I just watched it the other day. I've been watching a lot of Netflix lately, as you can tell. For the past like two months, I've just been on shows back to back. But I watched Naomi Osaka. It's her limited series on Netflix. It just came out, I think, last week. So, of course, I watched it as soon as it came out. And I learned so much about her as an athlete and as a person. And it was such an amazing thing to watch. So then when I watched her um, at the Olympics... I was just like, you know, I saw her a little bit differently. It was it was a really nice thing. I know that sometimes people get limited series or documentaries or whatever. And I think that sometimes they feel like just promotional tools. Like it doesn't really feel like you learn that much about a person. But I think hers was an amazing thing to watch. And it covers a pretty long period of time. I think from 2018 to 2020. And yeah, you learn a lot about her. I think you really appreciate her for her craft and really see her as a person. And I think you learn a lot more about her career. I think people have been very critical about very dumb things lately without really understanding the full story. And they're obviously just stirring the pot for no reason. But you learn a lot about her and her life. And I think it's it's a really, a really amazing um, limited. It's only three episodes. So obviously I watched it in like literally a day. Top tier. Literally. I, lo- I loved it. I don't watch very many limited series. Series. Apostrophe on netflix so if you have any recommendations for those please please do specifically ones about people i don't think all of netflix's limited series center around people's lives but if you have any like that i would love to watch them yes and then american horror story i think a netflix list of mine would be very incomplete without it i started the show on netflix i've never watched american horror story on fx on like tv when it was running even when it was running for a season, because all the seasons are different as an anthology. So I was capable of watching it on TV. I just chose not to. 
Um, I prefer, it's a show that to me is made for binge watching. And because the, the plots of every season are so complex, I think it's hard to keep so many details in your head for a whole week while you wait for the next episode to come out. To me, the first five seasons are truly iconic. And my, one of my favorites is the second. For some reason, no one ever lists the second season as their favorite. It's literally like, it's hands down, like it's amazing. The freaking Lana Banana song enough is enough to let you know it's amazing. I think it's the darkest and to me it's the scariest season of the show. So maybe that's why no one ever says it. Um, I'm pretty proud of myself for having watched it in the dark. There's a lot of like death and murder and experimentation and stuff in it. The first season is also an iconic season. It's it's, it's it, it. I think it really holds up with the show's later seasons. I will admit there's like two seasons I haven't watched because they didn't engage me as well as the others. But seasons one to five. So Murder House, Asylum cult which is for some reason is literally a cult favorite like not to be punny or anything but every single time i ask someone their favorite season of american horror story all of them say cult and it's funny because i watched cult in like two days and i remember just breezing through it and not really caring for that season and for whatever reason that's everyone's favorite season so but i've grown to appreciate it it was a great season um i think that american horror story has an amazing cast and they're all incredibly um, flexible in their ability to play completely different characters in every season. So that's like amazing. So yes, um, I just stopped at Colt. Um, uh, Freak Show season four. Freak Show was a great season. I don't know what else to say. No one, I feel like that season doesn't get appreciated as much as it should. Season five is Hotel, which is probably like my second favorite next to Asylum. That is an amazing season. Lady Gaga ate it up. Everyone ate their rolls up so good. I might even have to just have two number ones because I think that Hotel was a great season. Again, no one ever talks about how good that season was. Truly one of the best they've ever written. Season six. I think season season six is that season that's kind of shot like a reality show. And it was really confusing because they have two sets of actors for every character. And I didn't understand that. So then I just started watching it. I was confused. It was too scary. I'm not going to lie. That is part of why I stopped watching it. I don't think it's more scary than season two, but... My ability to take in dark, gory content has actually declined with age. I don't know how I was watching all this when I was 15, 16. No, 14 when I started watching it. I'm 19 and I could not sit through season six, like the second episode, because the jump scares actually got me, like the dead pigs and it was just a lot. Raining teeth, I don't know, it kind of messed me up a little. Season seven is, at least I think, or is it eight? The season with Cody Fern. Cody Fern did an amazing job. Um, what is it called? Apocalypse. That's a. I think that's season seven. I'm pretty sure. I actually skipped season six, started seven like a year after it came out, but it was great. I ended up finishing it. It was actually a really good season. I actually really, really liked it. Like, actually, I feel like even when I, if I go back and finish season six, I think I would love it. And then there's a season that's based on the 2016 election. That one is a little creepy because I actually don't like clowns. So then that kind of hit a little close to home but top tier. I think it's great that you can kind of pick and choose the seasons you watch. You don't need to watch it in order, but I feel like they choose to release it in a particular order for a reason, even though it's an anthology. But even then, there is a degree of interconnection between the seasons. So that's why I do recommend watching in order coming from the person who skipped the season. But, you know, I don't think you should go wildly out of order. But yeah, it's an amazing show, and I when I was doing research for this episode, I think I saw that it was renewed through season 13, so that's great. 
And also check out American Horror Stories, plural. That's another anthology season that differs by episode. So I think that's really cool. Yes. Again, not a Netflix original. As I said, it's an FX show. Okay, I'm on my last three. Sorry. Also, this list was not in any particular order. It was just random as it came to me. Also, sorry that it's a long list. I, I've watched a lot of Netflix. This isn't even everything I've watched on Netflix since I've had Netflix. So maybe we'll get a part two. But next is Shameless. Thank you again, Rosalie. You know, she's put me onto some great shows. You guys should ask her for show recommendations. But this is, again, not a Netflix original, but it is kind of hosted on Netflix at the moment. I am dying for them to release the last season so that I can officially rest in peace and close that chapter of my life. Shameless top tier. If you want realistic, if you want raunchy, it's shameless. I think I think Rossi and I actually talked about Shameless in our episode, A Chat with Rossi. We talked about astrology, adulthood, and stand-up comedy. And somewhere along the way, we ended up talking about Shameless and giving a free promo for them. And we talked about the fact that it's very realistic and it's very out there it's it's it walks a very interesting line that I don't think a lot of shows are capable of doing so well where I guess they could say really out-of-pocket things and things that if they were taken out of context would be highly inappropriate and offensive but it's done in such a way where you're able to critique it so then you see the types of people that say certain things and you know that that person isn't meant to be a well-liked character like and they kind of get called out for saying that kind of stuff so then you understand as well that it's wrong so you kind of just get to you know what I'm saying it's like oh like Frank is that really ignorant man right and you you really understand that because everybody else will call him out and be like that's literally not true or don't say things like that and it's not just him there's like two other characters like his homies at the bar who will be like oh actually no it's like one of them I don't even remember his name but I literally have his face ingrained in my head but I think that's a very interesting thing. It's a very just rich and just out there kind of show. Definitely not the show you watch with your parents. I'm going to give you a fair warning now. Not that I've done this, but be careful. Um, Yeah, great show. You get to see the characters grow up. As I said, um, season 11 is the last season of the show. And I mean, technically it's completely aired, but of course we're just waiting for it to drop on Netflix. It's an amazing show. Um, I would probably put it my top three of the ones on this um, list for you to definitely check out. Great show. Next, this is a little bit of a surprising addition to my list. Um, The Great British Baking Show. You may be wondering, when did you watch that? Spring of my freshman year of college because I seem to have all the time in the world to watch Netflix. But I only recommend season one because I actually got really attached to the, the season one characters and them leaving really broke my heart and I just got really used to them. Because there were so many episodes and it was you seeing the same people over and over again. So when I started the second season, my brain couldn't process new people. Because even, I mean, when you start season one, you don't know them. But you grow to really love them. So, but my brain for season two couldn't really, like, grasp new people going through the same competition. I, because it was just like, it's because I didn't really care for the I think that's what it was. I had become so emotionally attached to the season one characters that when it came for season two I didn't care for any of them winning and I stopped after like the second episode suddenly the challenges weren't as interesting I might try to go back it was a great that's a great background show if you're not looking to be too engaged in a plot or something and you just need something to watch while you eat or to keep you busy great show for that yeah it's it's a really good show but as I said I can only recommend the first season which I thought was great 
Um, loved it. I loved it. And my last one. We're ending on a note, a very strong note. And it's a show called Extracurricular. It is a K-drama. I think it came out last year because I think that's when I watched it. Yeah, it came out last year. That, I think, really sets the bar for K-dramas. And I don't really hear too many people talking about it. Um, it's pretty much his kid. He's in high school. I don't remember what the background is on where his parents are, but he literally like lives alone. And he's like, what, 17? And is literally like a pimp. Like, that's what he does. That's where he gets his money from because he's to, like, pay for school and stuff like that. I, I'm Technically, that's what he is. But he's, like, a he's like a good pimp. There's such thing as a good pimp. Because he, like, tracks, um, like, the women. And they have, like, a little safety system set up where they, if they're in danger, he will, like, call. It, like, it sends him, like, a notification. He calls the police. Whatever. But, yeah, he's pretty much a pimp. And it's, like, him doing all of that. And then this other girl kind of getting involved. And it's a great show. Like I said, I really, I really think it sets the bar for k-dramas i didn't finish the first season actually it was a lot part of why i didn't finish it is the female character kind of irritated me because she was just so annoying and really mean to him for no reason and she was really annoying that was it but i i I really want to go back and finish it it's very different than almost any show i've ever watched k-dramas and non-k-dramas it was a great 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 show i think i made it like halfway through the first season and i was just like hooked it's a great show I said great like six times, but again, would highly recommend watching Extracurricular. And finally, that wraps up my list of my favorite shows on Netflix, at least at the moment, in terms of primarily shows that I watch on Netflix. (sighs) You know, I really offered a lot of free promo here, and I think I deserve something for that, but it's fine. Also, we're not done. I forgot I have a little section here of will watch shows. These are it's just two shows that I want to watch soon. And it's Peaky Blinders and The Crown, both of which are Netflix originals. I've been really wanting to watch those shows. That's all I wanted to say. If you've watched them, you know, give me your reviews. I would love to know more about them, what to expect. Is it worth it? But I, I know those shows are very well known and they have actors that I like. So I will be watching those. And I said maybe in the future I'll give you guys an update on what I'm watching on Netflix if anyone actually cares. So yes, now we are at the conclusion. Thank you for listening to a very long episode. Um, I spent probably like a third of it just offering my Netflix recommendations. Um, But yeah, those are all great shows. I highly recommend every single one of them. Um, But yeah, like just kind of really wrapping things up from the beginning back to the original kind of point of this episode is I do think that Netflix is making a lot of the wrong moves right now and are upsetting a lot of their viewers and i think one day it might even lead to like a netflix boycott where everyone cancels their subscriptions but i think even at that point it'll be even too late for netflix to try to fix it because those shows have probably been canceled for years by that point so yeah i think they're making a lot of bad choices and you know if you have any recommendations for canceled netflix shows that you really think are worth the watch send them my way i'll totally watch it i'm always looking for new things to watch so Yeah, I also would love to hear your thoughts on Netflix's cancellations. Are there any shows that you think deserve to be canceled? Um, Yeah. And again, offer your show recommendations. I will totally take them. So yeah, Um, I hope I didn't bash Netflix too much. But I do hope I kind of open your eyes to something that maybe you hadn't realized was going on. Maybe you've never watched any of the shows um, that have been canceled. If so, lucky you. I've had my heart broken. 
multiple times, unfortunately. But yes, so thank you so much for listening so far. This was probably a huge hour-long ramble, but thank you again for listening. I really appreciate it. appreciate all the support on the show so far. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next one. Have a wonderful day.